Chapter 3 Timberfell From a chance meeting in Stormcross to a narrow escape through Lashrock Gorge, Wiley, Plough and Jack had formed an unlikely alliance. Now, as they glided under the canopy of Felspite Forest's hushed pass, their journey took a sudden, dark turn. A whizzing black arrow lodged itself in young Jack's chest, bringing the moment from peaceful to perilous in an instant as he gasped and dropped to the ground. Plo rushed to Jack's side, his eyes filled with concern as he assessed the projectile protruding from the dragonling's chest. Smoke began to rise from the wound, accompanied by a sizzling sound, as Jack's acidic black dragon blood began to devour the arrowhead lodged in his heart. Wily's instincts kicked in. Though he wanted nothing more than to rush to his adopted son's aid, he knew danger still lurked, and he'd do the boy no good with an arrow in his own chest as well. The half-ilf swiftly knocked a hand-fletched arrow onto his trusty bow and turned his gaze toward the tree line, practised ranger eyes narrowing as he searched for the origin of the deadly missile. There, skulking in the shadows of the forest, were several hulking forms. Their growls reverberated through the air, a menacing chorus that sent shivers down Wiley's spine. His eyes darted from one shifty figure to the next, his bowstring taut and ready. He knew he must be prepared to strike at a moment's notice, to defend against whichever of these cryptic threats dared to make the next move. Wiley caught a flash of fangs in the foliage. Glittering eyes, mangy fur and clawed paws. None of these quadrupedal creatures could have fired that arrow. The archer must still be out there, hidden, watching them from the shadows. As Plo reached for the black arrow protruding from Jack's unbreathing chest, Wiley hissed, Don't trust in Uton, Plo assured him, his heavy-lidded eyes never leaving the arrow. With a swift, practiced motion, he pulled it free. Black, acidic blood welled up, but Plo was already murmuring a prayer to his deity. His hand hovered over the death wound, glowing faintly with an ethereal light. Slowly, the flesh knitted itself back together, leaving only a faint scar. Shallow but steady, Jack's breathing returned. Back from the brink, alive against the odds, though he remained unconscious. As the atmosphere grew taut with unspoken dread, a figure emerged from the tree line. Clad in a dark cloak and a mask fashioned from the skull of some unnameable beast, he stepped forward, his voice echoing with a haughty arrogance. I see the dragonling lives. A pity. I've yet to add such a specimen to my collection. Many kappa shells already adorn my walls, but never have I slain a dragonkin. Wiley's grip tightened on his bowstring. Who are you? he called out. But the masked figure continued. Who I am is no concern of yours, half-breed. What is, however, is that I have a code. One arrow, one day's hunt. If it doesn't kill, the prey lives to see another day. Consider yourselves fortunate, but know this, you are marked, and you will be hunted. Cover your tracks if you are wise. Turn back and leave these woods if you are wiser. The figure turned, and the hulking forms in the woods retreated into the shadows, their huffs and growls fading into the distance. The masked hunter and his pack retreated into the depths, leaving Wiley, Plo, and the still unconscious Jack in a heavy pall of silence, save the chirp and whir of strange birds and the insects they ate. Wiley's gaze snapped back to Jack, his eyes clouded with a mix of relief and lingering concern. 
That's some parlour trick of yours. He's going to make it then. He went to the young dragonkin, gently put his hand on the spot Jack had been mortally wounded only moments before, were it not for the power of Plo's prayer. Plo nodded, his eyes meeting Wiley's. He will live, but we should find a safe haven for him to rest and recover. Timberfell, Wiley suggested, urgency lacing his voice. It's the last human settlement around these parts, and it's not too far north from here. Though the rough-hewn humans may not take kindly to Jack's present form, we can find shelter there. Plo agreed, his eyes still on Jack. Then let's make haste. Time is not our ally. After docking the boat along the riverbank, Wiley took a moment to camouflage it under a thick layer of foliage. We'll be back for you, he muttered to the vessel, patting its hull as if it could understand him. The mad hunter had been right about one thing. Fortune did often smile upon Wiley. His whole life he had a knack for finding a sliver of luck at just the time he needed it most, which he attributed to how he treated even the inanimate objects of the world with respect. Are we prepared? Plo asked, his eyes scanning the forest that lay between them and Timberfell. Jack had yet to awaken from his slumber, not even as he was hoisted and strapped to Plo's ample shell. As will ever be, Wiley replied, slinging his bow over his shoulder. They set off, the forest enveloping them in its cool, shadowy embrace. The path was narrow and winding, forcing them to walk single file. Plo led the way, his large frame surprisingly agile as he navigated the underbrush. Wiley followed, his eyes darting from backstrapped Jack to tree to shadow, ever vigilant. Jack finally stirred, opening his emerald eyes to the dark beauty of Felspite, its towering trees, the dappled sunlight filtering through the leaves, the not-too-distant call of a songbird. This was where Jack felt most at home, in the wilds. Ever since he hatched from his mysterious mother's egg, he felt an attunement to his natural surroundings and found the perfect father figure in the seasoned ranger Wiley, who loved the woods as much as Jack, even if they didn't love him back in quite the same way. You see, with Jack, it was different. Whenever the dragonling ventured into the wilds, the world itself seemed to come alive, as if the forest whispered secrets in his ear and the earth beneath his feet recognised a kindred spirit. Wiley's trickster grin grew wide at the sight of Jack's green eyes shining. You're awake, then to Plo. He's awake. What happened? Jack asked, as Plo took a knee and Wiley unstrapped him. The last thing I remember was stepping off the boat. Some mad hunter seeking to adorn his walls with your gnarled head shot an arrow straight into your heart as soon as we felled feet in the forest. Welcome to Felspite, I'll say. You'd be stiff as a staff were it not for our newfound terrapin friend here and the invisible god he prays to. What do you say, young man? Thank you, said Jack to Plo, as his skeletal hand traced the freshly minted scar on his chest. And to whichever of the nine to whom you pray, thanks too, I suppose. Uton, the great balancer. Wiley raised a wineskin and took a swig. To Uton. I owe you one, Shellback. Jack nodded to Plo, who waved him off. You owe me nothing, young one. All praise belongs to Uton. To Uton! Mischievous Wiley shouted again, as he took another mighty pull from his skin and wiped his grinning mouth with a wine-stained sleeve. Jack shook his head and rolled his green eyes, 
knowing all too well how notorious Heathen Wiley would exalt even a god he didn't believe in to justify another swig. Despite ample cause for merrymaking with Jack having evaded death's grip, there was yet an underlying tension that none of them could shake as they trudged on through verdant but foreboding felspite. The events at the hushed pass had left them all on edge, and the smouldering fields they'd seen from the river were a grim reminder that danger was never far away. The scent of burning wood and charred earth hit them long before Timberfell came into view. As they rounded the final bend in the river, the devastation revealed itself. Fields that should have been lush with spinach, lettuce, rye, squash and pumpkins were now nothing but smouldering black wastelands. Something terrible happened here, Plo murmured, his eyes scanning the scorched landscape. As they approached the town's walls, also blackened but still standing, they saw the townspeople. Men, women and children were hastily packing mules and carts, their faces etched with defeat and sorrow. Children were crying, clinging to their parents, while the adults moved with a grim determination. No one paid them any mind, they were too consumed by their own misfortunes. We should find out what transpired, Plo decided. Knowledge may arm us against whatever lies ahead. Jack troubled a middle-aged man who was loading a cart with what little remained of his belongings. Excuse me, sir, what went on here? The man looked up with red and weary eyes, recoiling at the sight of draconic Jack. With a surprisingly gentle voice, Jack assuaged the man. We come in peace. No need to fear us. Fiery beasts from the charred cops invaded our fields. We're farmers, not fighters. We've already lost too many trying to fend them off. Is no one doing anything about these creatures? Plo inquired. The man nodded, gesturing toward the centre of the town. Some of the men have gathered in the tavern. They're forming a war party to go into the cops and deal with the menace once and for all. As the miserable man wheeled his rickety cart off, Plo studied the defeated faces of the townspeople. They are in need. We should help. Wiley shook his head. Woe now. Pull the reins. I seem to recall being hired to ruck you through Felspite to reach your sacred mating mound or whatever it is. This carnage caused by only the nines know what. This is not why we're here. Felspite is a place brimming with death and misery. If we stop to help everyone in need whose path we cross, you'll never reach your destination meaning we'll never collect on the balance owed. We can't afford to get sidetracked. You mean to say you can afford to get sidetracked, replied Plo. That's right. Jack, still feeling the lingering ache in his chest from the black arrow, stepped forward. We can't just ignore this, Dad. These people are suffering. We have to help. Wiley looked at his adoptive son, his eyes meeting Jack's jade gaze. For a moment, he was silent wrestling with his own instincts to press on, to avoid entanglements. But the earnestness in Jack's eyes was a compelling counter-argument. Plo nodded, siding with Jack. Sometimes the detours in our path are the most important parts of the journey. Wiley sighed, finally relenting. All right, all right, we'll help, but let's make it quick and use our wits. We've got our own monsters to face sooner or later. Best to do it with all our limbs intact. Jack grinned, his scales seeming to shimmer with relief. Then let's go find these townspeople their heroes. Wiley couldn't help but smile back, despite his reservations. Fine, but let's be clear. 
we're not heroes, we're problem solvers, and right now, this town has a problem that needs solving. Plo looked at the smouldering fields, then back at Wiley. It seems our journey is fated to be one of challenges and choices. And let's hope we make the right ones, Wiley added, his eyes meeting Jack's. The young dragonling nodded, his own eyes filled with a newfound determination. They moved toward the tavern, each contemplating the weight of the decision that lay ahead. Timberfell was supposed to be a sanctuary, a brief respite on their perilous journey. But as they would soon find out, nowhere was truly safe, and every choice mattered. Music